Welcome to Life Lessons, a ministry of Metro Believers Church featuring Pastor Glenn Smith. We pray that you will be encouraged by today's teaching. And now, Pastor Glenn. Well, good morning, everybody. So good to see you. Happy Easter. Welcome to our Easter celebration here at Metro Believers Church. If this is uh, your first time that you've been to Metro Believers Church, thank you so much for coming our way. We're delighted to have you. Also want to welcome our live stream where people all over the country are watching right now and even in other countries. And so we're glad that you could join us today. Happy anniversary to you as well. Hey, uh, next week, you know, many of you know that attend Metro Believers Church, know that next week uh, we will be rejoining the story. We are going to start it up again. We took two weeks off of the story, and uh, next week we'll restart that. And uh, I just want to ask you to read chapter 7 in the story so that you can be prepared to come to church. Um, I'm going to be talking about Joshua and the battle of Jericho. (laughs) We're going to be talking about the battle begins, and uh, it's going to be a wonderful, wonderful experience. Um, If you haven't been with us, and perhaps you're visiting, you don't have a home church, we'd love to have you join us. We are this year in in 2018 going through um, the Bible from Genesis to Revelation uh, in an abridged or a shortened version of the Bible, the NIV. And So far, we've walked through several different chapters. We're in chapter 7 this next week, and we'll walk through 31 different chapters of the story during 2018 so that we can actually have an understanding of the overview of Scripture. It's in a chronological order, and like I said, it's abridged or shortened um, so that we can go through it the entire year, and then you can jump into your regular Bibles and read the whole thing. Uh Uh-huh. Uh, and get all the information. So uh, we really want to encourage you to be a part of that. If you're not, come next week. We'll get you a book. You can get a book today, and you can join us. Also, I wanted to mention um, the winner of the March selfie. Um, Please don't forget to upload your selfie as you study the Scripture together with your family. Take a picture, upload it to Metro Believers Church Facebook page, and then you'll be a part of uh, the drawing every month at the end of the month. So this month, we are going to honor um, the Call family to come on up here, Bobby and Trina and their children, with a gift card from Chick-fil-A. Woohoo! <laughs> We're so glad you are with us, Bobby and Trina. I also wanted to mention, just before we start our message today, that, that um, next, or this coming Saturday, the 7th, is our first Saturday prayer. And uh, I really want to encourage you, if you call Metro Believers Church home, to come out and pray. You can actually, you have permission to take out your phone right now and put that on your calendar, okay? Um, your tablets or whatever. I just busted someone for looking at their emails, just so you know, um, a little while ago. Um, not not going to mention any names, right? Um, but <laughs> you have permission to actually... Uh, write that down this Saturday at 7 o'clock coming up, and it's at the TC, the Team Center, over on Junction Road across from Kessler Diamonds, okay? So please join us. This is part of our goal um, that I mentioned last week. Our one- to two-year goal is to create a culture of prayer. 
And I really, really am passionate about this, okay? So I, I, I'm going to be bugging you about that all year. We're going we're gonna to take this church to a whole nother level about prayer. Can you hear me? Amen? And so I really want to encourage you to fall in love with prayer. Fall in love with, with communicating with your Father. Amen? So come with us. Come pray with us. If you don't, don't know how to pray, we'll teach you how to pray. And we'll show you the scriptures, and we'll walk you through it and help you. Please don't feel intimidated to come out and pray with us. Well, it is a coincidence today that Easter actually falls on April the 1st. Um, and many of you know that April the 1st is also known as April Fool's Day. With that in mind, I'm going to ask the ushers to come forward and pass out today's outline um, so that you can follow along with us. These are uh, the notes of my message today. There's a few blanks in there. You can fill in and take it home with you. Um, but yeah, April Fool's Day. And on this day, people like, you know, they like to post jokes, right? They like to, you know, do do pranks. They like to, to sort of punk their friends, you know, find ways to punk their friends. And everyone, everyone wants to post something kind of funny and fake news-ish. And sometimes you have to read it a time or two to know whether it's fake or real. Like, for example, um, Amazon. They, they, did you know they came out with a Alexa for pets. Did you know that? They came out with an Alexa for pets, and it actually responds to the dog's bark and the, and the cat's meow. <laughs> Fake news, right? <laughs> or the T-Mobile onesie. It, it, you know, it's a phone you actually wear like a jumpsuit. <laughs> yeah, fake news, right? Uh, or the McDonald's Micro Mac. It's kind of a tiny version of the Big Mac. Um, or, like Burger King is selling one french fry at a time. And, you know, that wouldn't be so bad because typically I only need one or two and then I'm fine, but I feel guilty if I leave the rest of them and throw them out, you know. <laughs> Bring it, right? Um, or, or the edu educational curriculum that teaches language classes and emojis <laughs> um, so that the kids can learn to communicate without declining verbs or even without using words. They typically do that anyway, right? Um, or the progressive insurance package that uh, has, they're offering life on Mars insurance for that. And I could go on and on and on. But, of course, mixed in with all the hoaxes, all the fake news is real news, right? And for people who want to read just the news and get information, have to wade through the nonsense in order to actually find out what's really going on. Be that as it may, today is a day for fake news and funny hoaxes that will litter the internet. And then, then, we are here today to celebrate what some would say, incorrectly I might add, is the greatest hoax of all. And I've titled my message today, Resurrection Sunday. This is, everyone say it with me, no joke. This is no joke. From the very beginning, the authorities and, and uh, the religious leaders of the day tried to come against the idea of the resurrection story as nothing more 
than a fabrication. But how many of you know it's a story that just simply won't go away? <laughs> We're talking, you know, 2,000 years later, and, and that story is just not going away. And our faith, hear me now, our faith is founded on one specific historical event. Not a myth, not a legend, but a very specific event that took place during the first century that changed, like Matt was talking about, that changed forever the meaning of everything that matters. Amen? We believe on this day, today, this Easter Sunday that we commemorate today, on this day some 2,000 years ago, this itinerant backwoods preacher named Jesus rose from the dead. Three days before, we had a great Good Friday service over at High Point. Many churches having an ecumenical service and experience. It was powerful and it was wonderful. And the guy that you saw us pray for, Paul uh, Lundgren, actually was a speaker and he knocked it out of the park. It was a powerful message. Paul is a friend of mine. And uh, we had a wonderful experience. And, and, you know, three days before during that time, as a matter of fact, yesterday I laid down uh, to take a little nap. How many of you thank God for naps? Let me see your hand. Yeah, take a little nap in mid-afternoon. And uh, I laid down, and, and I was thinking about the experience between Friday and Sunday, like Matt was talking about. I was thinking about what was happening, you know, inside of that tomb and the business of God, the manifestations of divine power that was experiencing in that tomb, and all that Jesus was involved with while he was in that tomb. He was doing things, amen? The Holy Spirit was raising things and changing things and and redeeming. God was doing something even on Saturday through him, amen? So three days before he had died a violent death on a Roman cross, his lifeless body was placed in his tomb, sealed. Please understand, it was sealed with a stone guarded by a Roman soldier. And then, everyone say then. And then, on Sunday morning, the Spirit of Almighty God entered that sepulcher where he lay and breathed life into his nostrils and his heart began to pound again. And his blood began to flow again. And his eyes were open again. And he stood to his feet again, alive, fully alive. Come on, church. He had defeated death. He had been dead as dead you can be. (laughs) He had defeated it. And now he was alive forevermore with the life of God flowing through him. How many of you know, church, we can have the life of God flowing through our lives too? And when the news of his resurrection spread throughout Jerusalem, can you imagine? And the surrounding towns and villages, the political authorities and the religious leaders had only one thing to say. Fake news fake news, April Fool's, it's a giant hoax, it never happened. That's what they said. That's what they believed. But in the days following, some 500 people 
saw him alive. Not just a spiritual resurrection. We're talking about a physical resurrection. They saw him. He was fully alive. And they knew that this whole resurrection thing was not fake news. It was not a hoax. It was true. He had been raised from the dead. Now, there are many compelling reasons to believe in the reality of the resurrection of of the risen Savior. And one of the most compelling reasons to believe is in the resurrection of Christ can be seen in his disciples themselves. I mean, think think about the disciples when he was being crucified. Think about their lives. And when Jesus was arrested, they all scattered. <laughs> they, they just all scattered, right? They all, all feared that they might be next. For real. I mean, think about, put, your, put yourself in their place. You know, that their fate might be the same as Jesus. They were going to come after them. And the apostle Peter denied that he even knew him. Not just once, not just twice, but three times denied that he even knew him and cursed. Jesus' disciples ran in fear after his arrest and after his death. They actually remained in hiding. And I'm sure, I'm sure, think about it, if you were them, I'm sure that, that thoughts came across their mind like, what's next? What can we do? Will, will this thing ever blow over? Will we ever be safe again? Do you think we can ever go back to Galilee? <laughs> can, we, can we somehow create new identities? <laughs> you know, I mean, for real, this is a legitimate thought. And then, I mean, think of this. All of a sudden, they hear the news. This is the way they're thinking and feeling and acting and responding. And then they, they hear this news. They hear, they hear that Jesus, maybe, maybe something's changed, right? They, they hear the news first from Mary and then from others that Jesus was alive. Wow. I mean, it freaked them out. I mean, could this, could this really even be true? This is too good to be true. Dare we even believe it? Are we being pumped? Where's Ashton Kutcher, you know? Are we being set up here? And then in Luke 24, 12, Peter, however, got up and ran. I mean, he ran to the tomb. Bending over, he saw the strips of linen lying by themselves. And when he went away, wondering to himself what had happened. I mean, he was pretty freaked. Can you imagine that? I mean, you, you watched... From a distance, the stone rolled away, or rolled over the tomb, and him in it. And all of a sudden, there's nobody there. I don't know about you, but that'd freak me out. Like being at at a funeral and seeing a dead body in the casket and then coming back the next day and (laughs) he gone. For real. I mean, Peter really wanted to believe it. Uh, but maybe it was just too good to be true. But here's the deal. In the coming days, they saw Jesus 
face to face. I mean, the guy that was dead, now they're seeing face to face like they used to see him. And they talked with him and they walked with him and they ate with him. This isn't a spiritual resurrection. This was a physical resurrection because he ate with them. And Thomas, you know Thomas, Thomas touched him because he wanted to be sure that he wasn't being punked, that it wasn't some sort of fake news or April Fool's joke. And what happened next is that these disciples that followed Jesus experienced a radical transformation. How many of you up for a radical transformation by heaven? I mean, they went, they, think about these guys. They went from being scaredy cats to being a, a, a lion, a roaring lion, a pack of roaring lions. They went from hiding under the cover of darkness in the secret room to boldly proclaiming the name of Jesus in the public square. They weren't ashamed anymore. They weren't afraid anymore. I mean, what could possibly trigger such a transformation? I'll tell you what could. A one-on-one transformation by the risen Savior. They had seen him beaten beyond recognition, and they had watched, watched from a distance as he died, and they knew he was dead, and it gave, this, trans, this transformation gave him and gave them the boldness that they had never had before. That's what, a, that's what a one-on-one transformation will do for your life. It'll give you a Holy Spirit boldness that you've never had before. Enough boldness to give their lives for it. One time, they, they're in fear running for their lives. And just a little while later, they're giving their lives for the sake of the gospel. You can't do that without a radical transformation and a one-on-one personal encounter with the living God. Did you hear me? You can't do that. I mean, we know Andrew, one of his disciples, was crucified in Western Greece in 69 AD. We know that James was killed by a sword by Herod Agrippa. We know that Philip was imprisoned in Egypt and then crucified in 54 AD. We know that Bartholomew, Bartholomew was skinned alive and beheaded in India. We know that the one known as James the Less at the age of 94 was beaten with the club to death. And then you have Simon the Zealot who was crucified in England in 74 AD. And then you got Peter, the guy that denied Christ three times, died in Rome during the reign of Nero, and the story goes that he requested to be crucified upside down because he did not consider himself worthy to die in the same way as his master. Now, folks, why why were these men who had once been completely paralyzed by fear suddenly willing to pay the ultimate price Why? I promise you it wasn't for a lie. 
I promise you it wasn't for a hoax or an April Fool's joke. It was because they had experienced a one-on-one real-life encounter with the risen Christ. They saw it with their own eyes. This man who had been dead all of a sudden was alive. I mean, very few people are foolish enough to give their lives in, in exchange for a lie. Think about it. I mean, you can play the game up to some, a certain point, right? And go along with, with the hoax to a certain point. But you're not going to die these kind of deaths that these men went through for a hoax. Amen? But when you have an encounter, a resurrection, an up-close and personal encounter with God, it changes you. Did you hear me? I said it changes you. I said it changes you. Folks, I'm telling you, it changes you. There's another convincing proof. As far as I'm concerned, that Jesus Christ has risen from the dead, and I'll be the first to tell you that this, this is a completely subjective proof. And that is that you and I can have a one-on-one personal encounter with the risen Christ every single day of our life. We believe, we believe in the historical truth of the physical resurrection of Jesus of Nazareth. And we believe that 40 days after his resurrection, that he ascended into heaven and now sits at the right hand of God, and that according to Philippians chapter 2, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name. Everyone say the name. The name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow in heaven and on the earth and under the earth, and every tongue will acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Listen, in other words, His is the name above all names. This is what we believe. How many of you believe that with me? And and, and more than that, we believe that if you are willing, He will come into your life and reside and abide in you. That's the good news today. I mean, He'll change your life from the inside out. Wow. He'll wipe away your stains and your pains of the past, and He'll give you new life. He'll make you into a different person, a new person. He'll he'll comfort you in the darkest moments and strengthen you in the weakest moments and elevate your life to give you an experience during your greatest moments. He'll live in your heart every step of the way. It reminds me of the old hymn. Many of you maybe are too young to remember this hymn, but it was a hymn we used to sing over and over back with my grandpa when I was in church knee-high to a grasshopper. I serve a risen Savior. He's in the world today. I know that he is living whatever men might say. I see his hand of mercy. I hear his voice of cheer. And just the time I need him, what? He's always near. He lives. He lives. Christ Jesus lives today. Why? Because he walks with me. And he talks with me. Along life's narrow way. He lives, he lives salvation to impart. 
You ask me how I know he lives because he lives within my heart. Come on, I thought I'd get a better amen than that. Come on. I wish I could sing better. I would have sung that. I could have asked Dan and Robin to come up to here and they'd have sung it. Now, folks, I know that it's subjective, it's personal experience, but it's one that each of us must have for ourselves. I can't give you a personal encounter with Christ. I can't do it for you. You have to do that on your own. It does no good to believe in the historical fact about Jesus in sort of an academic sense unless you also experience the reality of his resurrection in a personal sense. Amen? It happened to me 42 years ago when I was 20 years old. I surrendered my life kind of like on a day like today, just before Easter. I surrendered my life to Jesus Christ and gave him the brokenness of my life. Now, folks, the Christian life is not about just adopting a new creed or, or, you know, trying to take on a new lifestyle or joining an organization or a church. It's about having a personal encounter with the risen Christ. For real. It's not about joining a church or going to church. It's about you and him on a personal level, experiencing him every day of your life. It's experiencing a sort of a rebirth. It's, it's really experiencing a new creation experience. 2 Corinthians 5 says, Therefore, if anyone, that includes what? Everyone. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. Hallelujah. Jesus told Nicodemus, He said, this is how it happens. In John 3, he said, you must be born again. That sounds weird. It sounds like back in the 70s and 80s, kind of a born-againer, you know. know, But the truth is, is that you see, you get born once physically, and you get born a second time spiritually. It's called being born anew or born again a second time. When you surrender your life to Christ, he makes you alive spiritually. Alive brand new. It's just like you were born again. That's where the Christian life begins. And then after, after you have a personal encounter with Christ, guess what happens? You can adopt a new creed, you can take on a new lifestyle, and you become a member of his church. But don't get the cart before the horse. You can be a part of his kingdom, and you can be a part of his church or his body. And let me give you a as we get ready to wind down here, let me give you three promises of Easter. These are, these are for you and for me. The first promise of Easter is you get a brand new start every day. Hallelujah. You get a brand new start every day. Check this out, Mark 16. The scriptures tell us, go tell his disciples and what? Come on, and what? Peter. Now, that's interesting to me. Think about that. Why why did he specifically say, and Peter? Because Peter had blown it in a big way. 
The others just sort of ran off and hid or sort of blended into the crowd, but he denied Jesus three times and then cursed. He had blown it in a big way, and surely in his guilt and his shame, Peter knew that it was all over for him. And many of you feel that way today. In your guilt and your shame, you feel like it's just all over for me. There's no hope. Oh, yes, there is. See, you have to understand that the angel said it very, very specifically and for a reason. Tell his disciples, he said, in essence, and make sure you tell Peter. (laughs) I love that. Make sure you tell Peter. That's the idea here. If the angel were speaking today, he would say, make sure, make sure you tell Matt. Make sure you tell John. Make sure you tell Mandy. Make sure you tell Dave. Make sure you tell Josh. Make sure, make sure you tell all of these people. Don't just go tell the church. Tell them specifically. Why? Because he's a specific God. He's a personal God. Make sure, make sure that you tell them that Jesus was dead and now he's alive And if Jesus is alive, that means the past is dead and gone forever. Listen, the resurrection of Jesus Christ wipes away the guilt of your sin and the shame of your yesterday forever. Come on, church. That's good news. He wipes away our sin and he wipes away our shame You don't have to be ashamed anymore. You can be forgiven. Why? Because when he was crucified on the cross, he paid the price for your sins once and for all. And you can be forgiven every single day. The Bible says in Lamentations that his mercies are new every morning. And his compassion never fails. I don't know about you, but that excites me. That excites me that I can have a brand new start every day. I woke up this morning to come to church, and I had a brand new start again. Second, second, you can, you can experience peace as a promise to the believer. You, you, those of you watching by, by live streaming today, you can have peace In the Gospel of John, when Jesus first appeared to his disciples, he came and said, peace be with you. John chapter 20, there it is in your notes. Then then he showed him his hands and his feet, and he said, once again, peace be with you. And even in, in the presence of doubting Thomas, when he appeared before his disciples, he said, what? Help me now. Peace be with you. You think he's trying to make a point? Jesus talked about peace many times throughout his ministry, and I I want you to know as a follower of Jesus Christ, peace is your birthright. Peace is your birthright. It's your inheritance. It's God's gift to you, and it's yours for the asking. I cannot tell you how many times I've, I've been through things that would have destroyed most people, and God gave me his supernatural peace. We see that kind of peace when Jesus was in the middle of the storm out in the boat with his disciples and and he had fallen asleep and his disciples were freaking out saying, don't you care if we die? 
He's sleeping. He knew, he knew he was getting to the other side. Amen? And God knows how to take you to the other side. Even when it's storming out. Listen, the risen Christ says, peace be with you. It's a resurrection promise. <laughs> it's one of the first things he said. Peace be with you. Listen, the one who conquered death can certainly take care of the turmoil in your life. Hello? Think about it. If he conquered death, he certainly can take care of the turmoil in your life. Maybe you're just trying to handle it all yourself. And that's why you're so freaked out. Last but not least, the third Easter promise is you'll never be alone. Never, ever be alone. <laughs> Among the last words that Jesus spoke was in Matthew 28, 20. And he said this, And surely I'm with you, even to the end of the age. Well, as far as I can see, it's still here, right? And he promised that he would always, let's all say that, what? Always be with you, even until the end of the age. Many of those who heard these words would, would experience challenges beyond description. Frankly, many of them would die a violent death, just as Jesus had, but he gave them his promise. He gave them his assurance that come what may, he would be there with them every step of the way. Whatever they faced, he was going to be there right with them. Jesus never promised us an easy life, but he promised us that he would always be with us. When you fail and when you fall, he will wipe your sin away and he will always be with you. When your life is filled with trouble, he will make his presence known to you and give you peace because he will always be with you. You need never, ever again feel like you've been abandoned as though you have no one else to turn to because he made this promise. I'm here, and I'll be with you always, even until the end of this age. As we close today, most of us here have already had this experience. Maybe there's a few that haven't. Though sometimes even us, we forget to give it the priority it deserves. I think Easter can be a, a, a life-giving experience for everyone in this room, including myself. It's a time to reflect and a time to capture, once again, who He is in our lives. So here's my challenge to us today. Accept the historical truth of the resurrection of Jesus Christ and ask God to transform you as He transformed his courageous disciples years ago. I mean, think about who they were and who they became. The total transformation of their lives, God wants to do that for you. And then ask God to make real the presence of the risen Christ in your life today and every day of your life. It's Easter Sunday, church. 
Easter Sunday, it's the day we proclaim he lives, he lives, salvation to impart. Do you want to know beyond any doubt that he lives? And give him a chance to live within your heart. Let's all stand together. I've listed in your notes today. If you want to know more about Life Lessons, check us out online at MetroBelievers.com or write to us at Metro Believers Church, P.O. Box 45702, Madison, Wisconsin, 53744.